Welcome everyone to Curtain Jerks right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. And I'm Steve Sears. We are comedians living in Hollywood. We're big wrestling fans bringing you the fun and funny of wrestling each and every week. And this week we have a very special interview with ODB, former TNA knockout and now kicking everyone's ass in ROH. She's got her hot sauce. She has Airstream. She's a bartender. She, she's got it all. We talk barbecue, bartending, origins of her character, and I propose marriage. Spoiler what happens, alert. Spoiler spoiler. alert. It's not a spoiler. It's a, it's a to pull them in. It's a thing. It's a big thing. It's a real thing. It's going on. But what does she say? I've talked, I said that last week that, you know, that's what happens. But what does she say? Does she say yes? Does she say no? Are we already together? We're just holding out on the picks. Do you want me to not say so that people stay tuned for the interview? Yeah. All right. Then you've got it. Yes. Uh, Scott, st- talking, uh, speaking what candidly, I'll just, you? you know, just trying to be cool oh my and God, clever about it. headphones just melted on the side of your face. Yeah, I put on headphones and I'm sure they just left tiny little things everywhere. No, they're not tiny at all. Are they big scraps of plastic? Yeah, they look like those cockroaches you're talking about. Oh, I, yeah, I had a big cockroach scare in the last couple days. I, can I tell this story? Yeah. It's not the story I wanted to tell, but can I tell you the story? Well, tell me both stories. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? Uh, I know I just told you this story at Best Buy, but I'll tell it again. No, I want to hear it again. Okay. Because I, I, I'll turn it into wrestling. Don't worry, everybody. So, in Los Angeles, everybody's got roaches, but they don't know it. That's how I justify how I have roaches, that everybody else has roaches, but they don't know about it. I never had roaches when I lived here. Uh, you, you didn't see them. You just didn't see them. <laughs> I saw mine. It's okay. I, just, I saw my roaches. They're very tiny. Uh, that means there's thousands more everywhere, probably sleeping under my neck while I'm sleeping. You know? Oh God. You know, that classic stuff. Uh, so we put out these little bait traps for these cockroaches and like immediately they went down. Like we didn't, I didn't see any cockroaches. It was really cool. I was like, this is awesome. We, we got a lot more spiders actually. Wait, what? Yeah, I didn't tell there's you that. There's more spiders because of the cockroaches? So I'd like to think that there's kind of this constant war between spiders and cockroaches. Everybody put your dinner down. <laughs> Pick, yeah. Resume and dinner it, once ODB is on yeah, the show. Yeah, if you've got someone close by, hold on to them tightly. Or a pillow. Make sure that it doesn't have frilly little edges. Or if it's the person you're holding, make sure their hair isn't like wisping at your neck. Oh, Because those are cockroaches. Don't, those are cockroaches searching for your flesh. Don't use one of those little... um. Those whisks that you put on your head and then it just pours down. It's that sensation of like... Uh, oh, it's like a broken crackers. egg whisker? Yes. Yeah. Don't use that right yeah, now. Don't, don't This is stop a bad time that. for that. And look, uh, just a quick side note. Everybody knows that cockroaches look for any hole they can and go into it to lay eggs or just eat whatever delicate meats they can find. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wear tiny little nostril uh, smallers that make the, the hole smaller to my nose when I go to bed. What about your butthole? Uh, I'm sorry. I can't close that. Oh, no. Oh, I would figure out a way. Yeah, if that airlock. I close up my butthole real there's tight. A, there's a reason they call it an airlock. Because it's locked. <laughs> Open. Uh, so we put out these traps, and my wife, God bless her, bought multiple traps. And I was like, it's okay. We have these tiny little death fortresses all over our house. They attract the roaches. They eat them. They take the poison back to their hives or yep. their holes or their tiny little shanty towns. And they kill everything. So after a couple months, I was like... I think it's time to refresh the little uh, the, the the traps. Okay. So I open up the next batch, and they're bigger. They're like bigger bait traps. And I was like, "This is great. That means they'll take more poison to the cockroaches." But right. these guys are big, and they're like these clear little domes. And I put them all over like the apartment. I put you them get in the... to see inside. Yeah, that's a little weird. No, that's not good. Yeah, they should put little paintings on it so you can just see little. 
yeah. like Van Gogh. Honestly, yeah, and... the little a little crosses I, is what I prefer on the, the top. screaming man. That ah, yeah, that's the that's the hole. That's the whole cockroaches ah. go in that. Uh, and so we put out these traps, and I was like, part of me's like, these are kind of bigger. I wonder if it's attracting bigger cockroaches. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's that would be stupid. Why would it? Why would they do that? Quick question: In the old traps, do you see what's inside? No, of No, old traps were sealed. Okay, okay, yeah. So did you shake these, it? Like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> these are bait traps in the sense that it's a long con, Scott. Oh, they the, don't the, just. It's just holding poison. Yeah, it's like me and you going to lunch and then coming to the podcast and then both having to take big dumps. It's not like we have to take big dumps at the restaurant. No, and that's also several times on our yeah. lunches. And also, I should point out the big dumps that we take at the restaurant. If we did, if those big dumps killed us, those would be cockroach traps and kills everyone inside the comedy podcast yeah. network uh, studios. Yeah. So. But what we do is the big dumps we take home to the studios and kill everybody. That's what I got. I got bait traps. That's why we have no one else working here anymore. <laughs> Hogan's gone. <laughs> Swagger's gone. Yeah. Uh, so Edge. I, so any essentially they're just little poison cafes. Go there, get poisoned, go poison your family. Yeah. Really classic stuff. Bannigans. Bannigans. So my wife and I are cleaning up uh, our house because it's a uh, sty sometimes because we're both creative artist types. And we're like, time for the big clean. We're doing the big clean. And my wife starts screaming. She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I didn't know cockroaches got that big. And I've seen big cockroaches. I like cockroaches in a sick, fascinated way. Same as spiders. If I'm far enough away from them, I can look at them. And it's like, ooh, that's creepy and gross. Yeah. And I don't have to step on it or worry about it crawling up my leg and biting my penis. Or going in your butthole. Yeah. Like, that's why you always lift up the lid and drop it really loudly when you go to the bathroom. What? To scare away any of the cockroaches or the butthole of the bucks. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. That gets them alert. No, no, no. It wakes them up and, and lets them know, hey, serious business is about to go down. Stay in, stay where you are. If I were a cockroach, it's like, holy shit, there's a loud noise. I better find a cave quick. <laughs> and delicate little meat steeds. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Now I'm just going to gently sing so they just get lulled to sleep. So I run into the kitchen. And my wife's We've like, lost any new listeners at this point. Yeah, but those sure. diehard listeners are fucking yeah, they're on board. But they're like, what is this? Why is this not about wrestling yet? It will be. But right now, I go into the kitchen, and Chelsea said, I just saw the biggest bug, and I think it's underneath the microwave. To which I say, they live in the microwave. Don't you know that? Oh, because they do live in the microwave. No. Cockroaches live in microwaves. Why? They go up into the delicate little machinery because it's warm up there, and there's food scraps, and whatever falls out of a microwave gets brushed underneath it. Oh my god, this is horrifying. When this is way worse than anything you learn on a like a radio lab or any of those those smart podcasts that teach you stuff. Like, oh, no, I we've learned way worse things I, here today. Everybody. Yeah, we learned all this terrible stuff, but I bring it up on the show so that I can live with it. Because if I didn't, I would just be carrying it around with me in a dark pit. Oh my. So the the fear of bugs crawling up the butthole and eating the delicate meats, genuine fear. <laughs> um, but I was at a, a friend's house in Hollywood. I knew this is true because I saw a cockroach in their microwave that was stuck in the clock. So the digital clock would always be blinking, and there was just a cockroach that was stuck in there, and we oh just sort of go around in circles. God. And so I'd seen bugs underneath our cockroach. I don't use our underneath our cockroach. <laughs> That's what I call our microwave now. We don't have a bearskin rug. We have a drag cockroach yeah, we that have... we rest our feet on and just, you know, crunch our toes into it. Yeah, watch out for the mandibles at the front. That's how you lose that's how you lose an ankle. Uh so, and she's like, what? And it's like, that's why I don't use the microwave. Not only is it bad for you, but cockroaches live in it. And she's like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, what are we going to do? 
And so she's like, so we delicately started stripping everything from that corner of the kitchen. And she's like, all right, I'm going to pull the microwave forward. And I was like, great. And I handed her a fly swatter. And she's like, this won't do anything. <laughs> this won't hurt that bug at the least. And I was like, what about this? And I put it down on the counter. I was like, if we don't squash it, maybe we can just trap it here and hold it in place. And she's like, that bug could, could use that fly swatter. So I get the raid. She moves the microwave and starts screaming. And I think it's on the floor, and I think it's going to go up my leg and bite me. So I run out of the room. She then says, no, no, no. It's still here. It's underneath the counter. Like, you know, the lip of the counter right in front yeah. of the sink. So I see it, and it's just hanging out there. And I grab the raid, and I spray it. And it starts moving. Yeah. And I continue to spray it as it's running down its little trail. Yeah. And so we're talking about a, th- a good solid 30-second spray. Yeah. And then it starts crawling up the lip of the counter to get to, like, this flat side of the kitchen counter. And it just leaves uh, black footprints from its tiny little mandible spaghetti legs. Yeah. And it leaves dirty little footprints. And then finally it fell on the floor dead. Oh, my God. That's awful. Yeah. So the long and short of it is we cleaned up all the big cockroach traps and threw them away. And now we haven't had any big cockroaches since. You You killed the Brock Lesnar of cockroaches. Yeah, the problem is, I think we probably should have just let him go home, so he would have killed all the other big guys if he'd gone to the bait trap. But I, it's like that's too hard. It's like I can't, I can't, I can't let that guy go because I had traps in the bedroom, Scott. Right. And like these are cockroaches that you can hear while they're walking. Oh no! <laughs> so like the th- that night, I couldn't like I woke up maybe six or seven times, just thought I was covered in bugs. Okay. This makes me... I'll bring it to wrestling, everybody. If you've made it this far. Uh, which wrestler in their home has the worst cockroach problem? I, you know what? You you can put it open to the crowd, like to the listeners, but I'm going to say... Like, but from the character, not like as a person. It's like, well, if you think about it, Christian lives in Florida and the humidity... Like, no, no, no. No, which I was going to say... Which has the, character has the worst cockroach? Before we get to the character, I know you're right. Like, I think... First off the bat, I'd say Mr. Boogeyman. Mr. Boogeyman? Mr. Boogeyman when he's at home because he's actually like his, he fed his dog to a giant cockroach. Like he has one that's, he has one that has like a bridle and a, uh, um, a saddle on it. Mm -hmm. Like they're big. They're just really big because he's, he's not scared of them. Sure. So they just hang out and get bigger. Also, but so many wrestlers live in Florida. I think in Florida, like the humidity, the sun, the heat, cockroaches in Florida are like Jurassic in size. Like they get massive okay so you really think I, I can feel them crawling on me right now is that why you shaved the sides of your head yes i was terrified of bugs hey everybody if steve will be willing to participate in a periscope uh although it might be gone at this point by the time you hear it uh i've been trying to do a periscope now and maybe we'll show off your new haircut on there all right <laughs> so you think mr boogeyman mr boogeyman mr boogeyman who do you think i think mordecai Oh. For as much light as he shines upon the world with his glowing white and silver. No way, man. That dude's got roaches. You know what? I like. It seems a lot darker to me than just like the opposite of being light and silver. It's like, I haven't seen Mordecai in a while. I'm worried about him. Yeah. He might have roaches. He's got roaches because he thinks like you know, with his powers, he can just sort of uh, the equivalent of pray them away. Like his being and likeness can just... They feed off prayer. Yeah. They eat prayer and they just get bigger. Yeah, they get way bigger. Yeah. So Mordecai's, it's it's like, uh, what is it, Twilight Zone the movie? I think so. What do you mean? Or is it, no, it's Creepshow. 
The movie Creepshow? Oh, where the guy gets eaten alive from cockroaches? Yeah, that's what happened to Mordecai. Oh. Mordecai got eaten alive by cockroaches. God, that is just so gross. This is the most vile opening to a show I think we've had in some time. I don't know. We did about a good 22 minutes once on uh, pooping. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think Roach God damn it, we do this every time we have a fucking guest. I know. Every time, we have, <laughs> every time we're like, okay, this has got to be a real like classy good Yeah, one we're going to bring in a lot of listeners. And Roaches. Then, yeah. Okay, wait. Let me class it up a little bit. Let me tell you about what I did over the weekend. Because uh, you have another story to go, right? Uh, I can't remember what it was now. I really I really burned yeah. myself out. Sorry. <laughs> um, I went to Freak Show Wrestling in Las Vegas. Oh, that's right. So how did that come about? How did you hear about it? I Well, I know it happens all the time, but most of the time like it, it occurs, and then someone went, hey, did you go? It's like, I didn't know when it was. Like, I wasn't... I like to go to wrestling shows with somebody. I did plenty of them on my own in my 20s. So you went with yourself from the future who came back to tell you that the Freak Show Wrestling Show was great? And he brought me a future gun. He's like, just go ahead and end it for both of us, buddy. Oh, wow. It doesn't get any better. Man, you would have thought that like the majesty and miracle of time travel would have given you some hope. But no, no. You, just, you went straight to just gumming that future gun, huh? I sure did. Turns out I was full of pudding. My future self was just joshing with me. But you love pudding. I do love pudding. So uh, I went, uh, Shane Hartline, friend of the show. He's been on here before. Uh, he looks a lot like that Marky Extreme guy. He was going to that show. And um, so he said, you want to come along? So I went and tagged along. Him and his buddy, Ben Kaplan, another comedian um, and, you know, all around, like, talented performer. We went. We hit Vegas. Uh, I wasn't really prepared for Vegas by any stretch of the imagination. This was a very last-minute trip. So you didn't wear shorts? No. Uh, it's 115 degrees. Oh, no. And you were wearing your cotton jumpsuit with the bear fur on the inside. Because mm -hmm, I wanted to be vicious. <laughs> I, you never know if you have to jump into action on a wrestling show, so I'm, I'm lined in with a bear fur. Where was the venue? Uh, D'Lo Brown's Wrestling School. Ooh. So it's called something else. It's like D'Lo Brown's... Uh, uh, wrestling School. I like D'Lo Brown Wrestling School. It's got some other cooler name. You had it. me at D'Lo Brown's Wrestling School. <laughs> so so uh, there was amazing things that I saw there. One of the most amazing things of the night was the Invisible Cage Match. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you've never seen an Invisible Cage Match, it's hilarious. It was so good. Let me see. I started jotting down everybody's names because I, did, I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with all these characters. Um, so there was uh, the Invisible Cage match was between Mime Freak, who was a mime. Mm -hmm. And then I think his Portrayed name was... Portrayed by Chris Angel. The one man... No, it wasn't. It was a way, someone a way better performer than that. Oh, wow. Way better. Um, and the one man wolf pack. So a guy that was heavy set, had the Bray Wyatt beard, came out in a rocking chair. The Bray Wyatt song hit. He had the hat on. And then um, Who Let the Dogs Out kicks in after a few moments of Bray Wyatt. And you can see that the guy's wearing the Zach Galifianakis uh, <laughs> hangover gear. Nice. So he's got the white pants and the, the wolf shirt, which looks very similar to Bray Wyatt gear. Yeah. He had Carlos, the little baby with him. And they had this hilarious match, a match of that I've never seen before that was hilarious and creative. And uh, the mime was going up to the sides of the cage, putting his fingers in the links and then shaking it back and forth. And the one-man wolf pack was looking like, there's nothing here. What are you talking about? But then he throws his face into it and they bounce off of it and treat it as though it's happening. Awesome. So this show is filled with just all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Um, there was a Michael Jackson knife fight between Loco Beware and Stink Floyd. 
Nice. Um, that was a lot of fun. There was the ghost of Whitney Houston, which was hilarious. Wow. Um, luscious Lonnie Love, uh, the great manager, always creating an evil faction, got involved with Sin Bodhi and with Amazing Jonathan. Uh, so that was cool. But my favorite thing, my favorite thing of all, and very well maybe a future guest of the show, because we chatted, Gadolf Hitler. Oh, boy. Gadolf Hitler is one of my new favorite things on the planet. Gadolf Hitler is a hell of an act, and it was funny. It was uh, constantly shocking, and one of the best bad guys I've seen in wrestling in a long time. Like, it was so fun. The show was so wild and so crazy. I know they're, they're in L.A. a lot of the time. They're in Vegas a lot of the time. They're adding more shows. Dr. Tom Pritchard's going to be on uh, one of the Vegas shows. Sin has talked about he wants to be on the show, so tweet out to Sin Bodhi. Let him know you want to hear him on the show talking about the show because I'm just scratching the surface. This is his mind child, and he – I want your brains to meet. I want Steve's brain and Sin Bodhi's brain to merge together and exist in a room that would make me so happy because a, sin has such an outrageous brain and so creative and so does steve did and you stay in vegas or did you come back we did oh it was a mistake like the the return trip was brutal and awful it took like eight hours to come back which should only take four yikes everything went terribly 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 wrong no uh, cockroaches everybody but good god sitting in a car forever and trying to periscope no it good. would have been better to stay in vegas in the air conditioning areas and then leave when you think no one else is going to leave. I would have been all for driving back that night, but hey, it wasn't up to me. I was just tagging along. But either way, it was a blast. It's well worth, if you're in California, drive out to Vegas for the show. What is the show called? Freak Show Wrestling. Freak Show Wrestling. Yeah, find them on Facebook. Check out photos. I'm sure they're on Instagram. And to see, that's the thing. I can't do it justice by talking about it. You have to see it because it's unlike any show you've ever seen before. It's fucking weird and super fucking fun. Let's go. Let's go in there here in LA. They're they're coming up all the time. So make a point to see the show or tweet send to maybe release DVDs. Like watching the show is is something that all wrestling fans must do. I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Well, Scott, you went to a live wrestling show. That's rad. I did. That's really cool. I did. I um, think that's the there's one thing about this show that we always try to encourage people to do. It's go to live shows no matter what. Just go to a live show. Yeah. Go to a live show cuz then you're reminded again like this is fun. Yeah. I can't book this better. <laughs> yeah, I no wonder I only talk about cockroaches on my podcast. I haven't <laughs> been to a live show lately. Yeah. And now things are Things are shaking up more than ever. Okay, it's uh, it's there's a, been a lot of news about guys and their contracts and what's happening. So in TNA, which we're also going to talk about a little bit later on the show, we have James Storm, Magnus, Awesome Kong, uh, geez, who else am I forgetting? Uh, Austin Aries, um, and at least one or two other people that are leaving TNA. They're not sticking around anymore. They're gone. They're going. Do they as any have they made noises about where they're headed, or is it just that they're they're hitting the their, road? Their contract is is expiring, and they're not signing back on. So we don't know where they're going. There's speculation of probably some of these guys going to Japan. Maybe now is the prime time to hit up WWE. They probably end up in NXT first, but then you know somewhere else. Uh, who knows? But now is the now is the excellent time to go because the world's wide open and everybody's acquiring talent again, and wrestling's really hot. And now in WWE, the rumors have it that, uh, the rumors, uh, rumor has it that Dolph Ziggler's contract 
is expiring soon, and he's not signing back on. So where's he going to go? God, that's right. The big fantasy wrestling promotion that nobody knows about, which is going to suck them all up. Mm-hmm. Who knows? A global force wrestling? Yeah, I was going to say, GF Dub. GF Dub. Will they get Dolph, uh, Dolphin Zaggle? Oh, God. How do you, where do you, what would you name him? Like, if you were to rebrand Dolph Ziggler. What's his real name? Something Nemeth? 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 Nemeth. Nemeth is the guy from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Right, but Nemeth is his last name. I don't know what his first name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolph. Joe Bob Nemeth? Oh, so he, Give he's a gomer teeth. I was about to say, he's a drive-in movie theater gimmick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't, see, that's the thing. I Everybody likes it when Vince McMahon's on here. I know we upset him from time to time, so I thought I'd reach out to someone else in the WWE that maybe knows everything else that's going on. Oh yeah, totally. I think it's always good when we have a chance to sort of get a different perspective or clear the air and just sort of like really zone in, you know? Mm -hmm. So I invited Kevin Dunn onto the show and uh, maybe some of you don't know who Kevin Dunn is, but I mean, he's a guy who's been in plenty of documentaries and he's in, he was in tough enough. He's just sort of, Mm -hmm. he's a WWE producing, uh, yeah, he's, a, in he's that, like in the, the executive producer, producer role that's always there, always making decisions. He's always in on these meetings. And, um, you know, if you've seen him, you you definitely know what I'm talking about. That old Triple H music, you let the music keep playing, Mr. Dunn. Yeah. They reference him in that music. So he's around. He's around all the time. And so I invited him here today. Uh, that's why I left these uh, breadcrumbs out. Oh, wow. You God, those are almost like, bi- oh, my God. Uh Listeners, I think that uh, it seems that Mr. Dunn is eating the pieces of bread that are on the ground. Uh, Mr. Dunn, thank you for joining us on the Curtain Jerks podcast. I'm Steve Sears. This is Scott Narver. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us. I couldn't help but notice, would you like a plate or maybe a napkin for those bread crumbs? Yeah, you just really got all of those bread crumbs. I ate them all. I don't need to dispense any of them. Oh, all right. Uh, Well, I can... Uh, well, but we, we, you know what? I'll focus. Why don't we just take this opportunity to find out just the com- the current state of WWE. It sounds like it's an exciting time, but there is talk that WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler might not be re-signing. What do you, what do you have to say uh, about that? Never. Yeah, he would never leave. He would never leave us. <laughs> wow, uh, Mr. Dunn, that's quite a uh, an interesting way to go about it. I also couldn't help but notice you started gnawing on that table leg right there. <laughs> yes, it's a... Uh... It's, uh, it calms my nerves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, would you say that the WWE is a stressful place to work? <laughs> Not for me, or or for my my empire. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, stressful really isn't the right term. What I guess what I'm gonna say is that like, is it high pressure sometimes? Is there a lot of things going on? You've got a lot of balls in the air. If there's ever a problem, it will be eliminated. Uh, here, let me reach into my satchel. Do you see this little cockroach with a little blonde hair and a denim jacket on it? Uh, yeah. Is that a, an actual cockroach with blonde hair and a denim jacket on it? Yes, I call him Cockziggler. Oh, yes. oh, wow. And if ever there were to be a problem with this little roach, do you hear him scream? Do you hear him scream? I... <laughs> well, let me rip off one of his little legs. Oh, oh, there goes your main event push if you decide to leave us. <laughs> oh, wow. Did he just dropped that cockroach on the floor. It's running in circles. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Scott. Run all you want. You'll never climb up the ladder that way. Here, let me I'm climbing. I'm climbing into my chair. Let 
let me clap. I have him back in my hands. Here we are. Oh, everything's fine now. We'll just, we'll just. Oh, don't, don't eat those legs. Don't eat those legs. <laughs> just eat these little legs here. Oh, Mr. And let's see how well you bump now. Ow. <laughs> Cocksigler. <laughs> oh, you just dropped him on the ground. <laughs> he's running in circles, but he's on his back. Ah, uh, yes. Well, let's see. No, well, now let's, I feel bad for him. Let's give him a chance. Let's give him a tighter <laughs> run. Oh, oh, God. He just ate the entire roach. Mm. He just ate, he just, mm. ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Dunn just ate Cocksigler. Oh, God. Mm. Oh, uh. That, but now I just want to make sure Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, the professional wrestler, is going to be okay, right? You by you eating that cockroach, you didn't adversely affect his career, or in fact, he isn't just completely chewed up in the back somewhere. Or Are you accusing say, me of the practicing voodoo arts? I I'm not accusing you. I'm just making sure he's okay. I just want to make sure that Dolph Ziggler isn't like invisibly eat. Please I assure you, he is quite fine. For Please, the time being, if he uncloak your hood to sign this contract again. It's a bloodstained scroll. Yes, <laughs> that way he can never break this contract. Mister Dunn, look, Mister Dunn, I, I'm excited that you're here. I'm always grateful to hear about anybody who pulls back the curtain, lets us see an insider. Stop, stop smelling your hands. Please stop yeah. smelling your hands. Mr. Dunn, I'm always excited when someone explains to us the inner workings of WWE, but this just seems very archaic and very dangerous. And if Dolph Ziggler wants to go somewhere else, doesn't that show you that maybe you guys need to reevaluate your business plan or maybe the way that you're booking? Unfaithful blood must be drawn out uh, and sacrificed. <laughs> Mr. Dunn, uh, look, uh, a donut? Wait, what? Donut? Are there roaches inside? <laughs> I... I mean, we could leave one outside for a couple days for the next time you get here, or... Then yes, then, yes, absolutely, I would like this donut. Please, that's, you can have it. Do you have any... Do you have any cheese? I, oh, the cheese is in the fridge, but... Oh, ew, disgusting. <laughs> you don't like cold cheese? I want a, a cheese with algae and mold upon it. Oh, all right, Mr. Dunn, okay. Look, uh, here, I'll just squash this donut and step it on it on the floor. Ugh. Here you are, here's a flat donut. Oh, he's just... You almost got me with those sharp teeth of yours. <laughs> now, no one shall ever leave the WWE, or there shall be an extreme fate of death that falls upon them. Wow, Mr. Dunn, that is incredibly morbid. Aside from sort of these just painful edicts that you're laying down, is there anything that's exciting, any programs that's happening in the WWE right now that you're excited about? Yes. Tough enough. Oh, that's right. So how is that going? Fresh I, blood. That's right. There seems like there's a lot of Fresh exciting prospects. Is it, flesh bags. Uh, is there any... Souls to be harvested. Is there any new fresh souls that you feel like have some promise that maybe you could, uh, I don't know, feed off of for quite some time, yes, you think? Yes, it keeps me alive. It keeps me employed. For every new young body, I have a soul to harvest that keeps me running a little bit longer inside of Titan Towers. Well, so is there anybody who's uh, shining particularly bright who you think you can harvest some of that soul energy from? Azizi. He wrestles gators. Oh, wow. Ah, he has such strength in that young one. He Are the gators corked? Huh? Are the gators corked? What does that mean? It means they've got cork on each of their teeth. Oh, I... Uh, yes, I believe they are corked. Mm. Yes. And soon he shall be corked. Oh. Yes. All right. I shall cork his teeth so he doesn't bite back. Oh, wow. Uh, well, uh, Mr. Dunn, it sounds like WWE, very exciting time to be there. Uh, what do you see for the future? I see that 
39 of these 40 tough enough competitors would be sacrificed to Triple H and to Vince McMahon in order to keep us young and virile at living long, long times to see the Dark Ages. Wow. Well, Mr. Dunn, I, do you have any personal projects or anything that you'd like to uh, promote besides wrestling? I will murder Ted Turner and oh, eat boy. the corpse of Jane Fonda All right. to appease Vince McMahon. Once and for all, the Dark Ages will arise. Uh, Mr. Dunn, thank you very much for joining us. I, I, oh, it seems that your uh, it seems that uh, your dead horse is outside, ready to ride off into the darkened ah, sky. My dead horse shall ride me all the way back to Connecticut. Uh, excellent, Scott. Come, get upon me, Guinevere. <laughs> oh well, the horse is riding him, Scott. That's not exactly what I imagined, but uh, not what I imagined either. God, you know what? feel bad for that guy. I feel like he's living in the past. You think so? Yeah, like any sort of hatred towards Ted Turner and Jane Fonda just seems really misplaced these days. You know? It, you know, it does. It seems like they acquire everybody else. A Bischoff, a Heyman, you know, all those people. I mean, honestly, a, a Ted Turner doesn't... I mean, he's still alive, right? He's just very right? quiet. But I mean, they don't show him showing up on WWE because I'm sure Vince McMahon is like, Oh, we got this great idea, Ted Turner. You're going to come up on the show... And then Triple H is going to pedigree you and we're going to drop a bunch of shit on you from the rafters. Yeah, that seems very, very, very likely. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I think you are. Uh, but I, there's just sort of this element of like WCW and WWE to me seem unified in a lot. The sense, Like uh, Triple H and Sting at WrestleMania, it was like, see, WCW and WWE burying the hatchet. In WCW's face. <laughs> yeah, and there's one left to go. Mm-hmm. Who's left? Ted Turner. Oh, that's right. Not even a. Um... They've all been yeah. Uh, had a hatchet buried in their skull at this. Oh point. come on! Goldberg was really exciting in WWE. Uh, Vampiro, huh? Yeah. Hey, you know what? You're right. Yeah, Vampiro, everybody. <laughs> uh, it is time for interview with ODB. She's the first bitch of Ring of Honor. She's the hot sauce queen. She's rocking the airstream. And if you go to the right bar, she'll be tending drinks for you. So enjoy our interview, one of my personal favorites, with ODB. All right, so this is a very big treat for us. Um, ODB, we have you on the line. Uh, we're very excited to have you. Uh, you are now in ROH these days. I, I had the privilege of going to a show in January, my first ROH show, and was delighted to see you there uh, in the show. It was with the Briscoes against Maria and um, the guys that she's hanging with, but I didn't even care. I was rooting for you guys so hard, screaming my head off. I was so excited to see you there. How's how's the transition been? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a new, uh, my new, new adventure, you know, crossing over to a different wrestling company, which is kind of cool. You know, the first, pretty much the first TNA knockout to jump over to Ring of Honor, and you know, nothing like the dirty bitch, you know, making a little <laughs> debut over there. It's kind of cool when I, um, I made my debut in January. And um, at the National Fairgrounds, where it kind of all started with me when I, you know, first started hanging out at TNA, so it was kind of cool. And I, and I kind of like, I'm not a person to like go online and you know, you know, talk about myself a lot. And I just, and I kept it a secret that I was showing up. And it's kind of nice when you can keep your mouth shut, you know, <laughs> and actually 
surprise the wrestling fans. So it was kind of cool. I hit all day. No one had no clue I was there. So it was kind of cool. It, uh, it made me love wrestling again, you know, to show up. And the ROH fans are nuts. Right? Like, yeah. Like, it was uh, it was a good feeling. And I got a little too excited. I think I banged on my boobs a little too much. <laughs> I had ice <laughs> puppies after that. <laughs> When you hide out for the day, what do you do? Are you are you in isolation? Do you go to a hotel? Do you dress in weird clothing so no one recognizes you? If you can tell us. <laughs> I just hang out at the bar, like a local bar that no one really goes, that no wrestling fans go to. They're probably afraid to go to those small hole-in-the-wall bars. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I just kept low down. Like, you know, I kind of showed up in the back, you know, obviously I got to cover my tattoos and not talk because once someone hears my voice, they kind of, it's kind of a giveaway there. I know it is. Uh, ODB, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's just stay low and don't, don't tweet where you're at. That's the number one key for people. If you don't want to know where, where you are, if, if you don't want to know, I can't even talk right now. If you don't want to know where people are, you know, I still can't figure this out. Hold on. <laughs> you don't <laughs> want don't people to know where you are. There you go, the tongue twister. <laughs> you know, don't tweet, don't tweet or Instagram or Facebook or all that. You know, it's like you can you can stay on the low profile if you want to. Have you ever been at a at a bar either hiding out or having a good time, and it's like a, a hole in the wall, and there's a bunch of really rough types there, and then some like really meek or scared wrestling fans like braved it and came by to like try to get an autograph or hang out with you? Have you ever had an experience <laughs> like that? me from something else you know i was um i actually did a cooking show with joey fatone about a year ago on my airstream i actually get recognized from that a lot they're like you're that airstreamer wrestler chick <laughs> this is um, a big biker guy with tattoos talking to you about his favorite cooking show <laughs> i know right exactly yeah <laughs> i'm like wait a minute this doesn't this doesn't seem right <laughs> yeah how'd you do that duck again that looked amazing that looked really savory yeah, then I get his number. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many wrestling fan? How many male wrestling fans come up and think since you're so out there, you're so verbose, you 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 do grab, uh, as you put it, the the fun pegs and all that stuff. Do any of them have the courage enough to go like, uh, well, look, um, maybe you'd like to hang out sometime if you if you're in this area. I can make a home cooked meal for you. Uh, my mom is upstairs, but yeah, uh, my mom can buy us beer. <laughs> My mom's cooking some meatloaf. <laughs> I actually, I get the weirdest invites because I think people can relate to me, mm-hmm. and I'm so real. Like I'm not a stuck-up little snob. I don't wear Louis Vuitton or Gucci. You know, it's like I'm a real-life person, and like I like to hang out and party. And I think people like that. And then. I mean, just the other day, I got an email saying that someone wanted to invite me to their graduation party, you know, and I would love for you to show up, and, you know, and sometimes <laughs> I will just show up, you know? Well, it's and this Sunday, and, uh... As long as there's beer there. <laughs> That's the only caveat. Must have beer. Uh, at 18 year olds graduation Yeah, with party. honors. <laughs> you gotta be graduating with honors, and there's gotta be beer there. <laughs> So being in Ring of Honor now, um, adding that element of what your character is and doing all that, um, 
what are you most excited about doing there? Because it's it's such a different beast than what TNA was, and now there's TV. Um, yeah. What do you? Because I know you're doing stuff with the Briscoes. Like, what's what's the next thing that you're looking forward to being involved in Ring of Honor? I'm looking forward to having them hopefully have a women's division. You know, the women of Honor. Mm-hmm. I think God, there's so many women out there that have that opportunity. You know, to you know, make a debut on TV, and I think even though there, it's only an hour show, but you know, just start it up a little bit. You know, like you don't need that much time. Get, I mean, women draw ratings. You need sex to sell, obviously. You know, and you know, when I was with you know with TNA, the girls were you know they're the statements were high. You know, and it's just like you need you need women. You know, you got Maria out there, and she's with the Kingdom, and I already kicked her ass. Um, so I was like, you need more, you know, I've been beating up the men lately. I, I, we just came back from the, uh, New York shows this past weekend, did the pay-per-view, and then we taped a few TVs for Destination America, but, but yeah, there's no chicks for me, so I'm hoping that they see that, because they, I think the Rainwater fans, they want, they like to see girls interact, you know, and they, you got you need the right girls, though, you can't have, you know. No Barbie dolls, no pillow fighting or lingerie fights over there. Well, yeah, if they do have the Barbie dolls in there, they won't. Ass whooping. <laughs> they don't. They don't last long with you. No, no. <laughs> and I think for female fans too, that I'm, I'm hoping that's the next. I'm, I'm hoping that's the next step with Ring of Honor is more women. Yeah, because I think it's also great for female fans too that you know, as a a guy wrestling fan, you know, you're constantly surprised when you meet a female wrestling fan. You go like, oh, really? You like this? And it's this, it's this old-fashioned thinking of just nerdy guys like this and that's it. But it's cool when girls show up to the shows and they want to see someone that they can relate to and they can get behind. It's not always just the guys. Oh, I love it. Like, I was, uh, when we were in New York, there was, you know, even some of the girlfriends, like, they're coming up to me like, oh my god, you're my favorite. Can we do the boob? Can you can you grab my boob? I'm like, well, I'm not going to grab your boob. That's going to turn into a whole different thing. <laughs> but it's like, uh, you know, it's, just, it's funny because they're like, oh, you're so cool. You're not, you know, you're not one of those skinny bitches and you're real. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like, that makes me feel good, you know? Well, that's the that's the point, right? Is being real and sort of being that kind of being that on screen and having that sort of inspiration for people. That's what it seems oh. like when I watch. Yeah, exactly. Like that's when I watched it back in the day. I like the you know sensational Sherry. She was. I mean, that's as real as you can get, right there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something I've always been curious about too. That um, you know, Steve and I are performers, and you know, we do acting in movies and all that sort of stuff, and. Your character throughout the years, when you had, you know, you had first shown up on Tough Enough, and you still had the character of one dirty bitch then, and throughout the years, how it's how it's grown and how it's changed, were there particular moments where you had it, the nugget in your head and what you wanted it to be, and then it just started clicking? Like, what were those instances where something was like, yeah, I can do this now, or this makes sense to me now? I think, like, I mean, obviously, it just takes years and years to get your character developed. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, right away, I, I already had my name before, you know, I went even to Tough Enough. I had the ODB. I didn't have the character yet, though. 
I mean, you should have seen me. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have no double Ds. I didn't have the tattoos. I didn't have, you know, the raspy voice really yet. I didn't hit puberty. So, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's funny to look back. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell was I doing? Like, so it just took me a long time to really develop ODB. And I think once I was like, oh, I get it. I got it. It was when I was at OVW in 2005 to 07. Mm-hmm. That's when I really got the ODB character down because they let me do my thing because I was, you know, one of the only chicks not under contract. So I was there, you know, for free. I was bartending at a bar and training, you know. We were training seven days a week. And, and that's when I just said, you know, I, I didn't get called the TV, but they were interested, you know. They guess they we got to do something with you, but then... Obviously, TNA came, and I was like, well, I think this is a better opportunity because Triple H actually came out to um, OVW, him and Shawn Michaels, and they watched, you know, a TV episode live, and they pulled me aside, and they're like, wow, you know, you're so different out there. It's very unique, and when I talked to Hunter, I was like, well, I have an opportunity to go to TNA. They're making a, a women's division and I have an opportunity to be a part of that. He's like, you know what? He's like, I would take the opportunity. Wow. I so then, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did because I think, uh, and even when I was at TNA, even more of the ODB came out, you know? Because I didn't care. Like, I cared, but I was having fun. Right. I, I didn't ask anyone to walk out the flask. I just did it. You know, I didn't ask anyone I could grab my boobs. I just did it. <laughs> you know, and I just tried to see how far I could cross that line. And that many people don't cross that line. They're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I better ask. Never ask to do anything. If you get in trouble, just say, sorry, fuck it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it better to apologize later than ask for permission first. Yeah. Exactly. That's the rule. Yeah. I was like, never ask to do anything. Screw that. <laughs> but that's got to be the most rewarding feeling that yeah you you came up with it it was yours you found it and then you were doing these things yeah when you see other people and they're too reserved to try um yeah but you're you're going for it were there things that you tried that you uh you're like i'm gonna try this oh no that didn't fly that felt weird for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of my damn wrestling moves (laughs) you gotta know your weaknesses and your strengths in yourself and let's face it I'm not a technical wrestler could I do it yeah I could but people aren't going to pay to see it you know mm-hmm. and I was like I'm a character larger than life and that's what I'm going to stick to like you know yeah I can step it up if I'm in the ring with someone you know more technical than me or but uh, yeah I tried like there's, <laughs> there's a lot of shit like <laughs> when you'll look back at a lot of matches you never see me take a hip toss because I can't flip bump uh, <laughs> someone you know wants to hip toss me it's no they're not going to I'm going to block that shit no <laughs> 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 hip tosses here <laughs> um, but, I've always enjoyed too I mean I've enjoyed your matches I've enjoyed all the segments that you're always in too because oh, you. you you have so much fun you make the most out of every moment that you have in front of an audience is what I always appreciate oh. And it's, oh, thank you. it's that same sort of thing that you're talking about. You go out there and you try, and it always seems like when you get, if you get two minutes of TV time and you're going to be backstage with like an Eric Young or you're going to be with the Briscoes or something, 
you make the most out of it. Now, is that something that you you uh, you go over with the people that you deal with, or is it you know you you say to that person, "We'll just make it. We'll make it happen." Yeah, just let me fly. I'm gonna I'm gonna rock this. Yeah. <laughs> actually, a lot of me, well, actually, all of me and UI stuff was just like you guys got three minutes do your thing like, and we did because our chemistry was so good together and we would just have fun there was times where we just went off and they're like okay we can't use this because <laughs> <laughs> but there's times where it's like yeah like if we only had three minutes on a two-hour show damn right i'm gonna take that three minutes and make you know i'm not just gonna be the girl standing in the background hell no you know, and Eli always helped me with that too. He's like, "Screw that!" He's like, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna just gonna be standing here." You know, if he's out in a match, I'm gonna make sure I'm involved. And so you gotta work. You know, you can't just stand to the side. Cause I've learned that. I've learned my lesson sometimes where I'm watching it and I'm like, "What the hell am I doing? I'm just standing there." I'm like, "No, I gotta change this up." And you gotta take it because no one else is, no one else is gonna help you in this business. You know. So you just gotta kind of go with it, and, and uh, yeah, the, the me and EY things that was just, that was a good time until he got his own fishing show, and then you know they didn't know what to do with me, so I was kind of like, oh, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, th- those were great. Those were so fun, and it's it, it is a shame, like you mentioned, that when someone then goes, well, I don't know what to do with you. You made me laugh for many months doing something with somebody, so. I don't have any ideas. Yeah. Like, I, I, just, I just don't get that. I think that's just like an easy thing to say to someone. Oh, sorry, we have nothing for you. Bullshit. <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> I've, I've, I've written you how many storylines, and you can't figure out what to do with me? That's uh, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... You know, like, do you think that in part is that because you could you could produce the material and that you were so valuable in terms of like, yeah, I'm going to make it work. Or I'm going to be me. I feel like there's something sort of creatively about people that then make decisions because you're generating the material yourself, ODB, that when they have to generate material, they're at a loss because it's sort of one of the you've been doing so much work for them already. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because, like, I, uh, when I was in TNA, like, I came up with, um, I had my own talk show on there. And I remember I gave it to Vince Russo. I was like, I want to do a talk show, you know. It's good. I can bring other characters on the show. So you don't have to worry about, you know, you can put more, you can put more people in the talk show, you know, so you can put another, you know, storyline into it. And he was like, oh, that's great. Well, then two weeks later, Karen Angle got her own show. <laughs> Yikes! Like, what the hell? But then it ended up working out where I took her show away and called it ODB's angle, and then talking trash with ODB. Nice. <laughs> so I ended up getting it, but he, you know, he decided he took it for someone else. Uh, I ended up getting it, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else? Uh, you know, obviously you're you're wrestling still these days, and um. You've got your sauce as well. Yes, I do. The uh, uh, ODB's whiskey barbecue sauce, correct? Yeah, one one dirty bitch whiskey hot sauce and whiskey barbecue sauce. I got both of them. I kind of um, I got it about a year ago. I've been working with someone that has uh, that does that does the sauce. So he came, he contacted me and it was kind of a thing like 
because I grill so much. You know, I'm not like the greatest cook, but uh, you know, I live in an airstream trailer in the summertime. So what do you do? You grill out. Have a lot of grill grill out parties. Yeah. And I just needed I needed something to spice up my plain chicken. <laughs> you know, and put some sauce on the meat and. Uh, we came up, and I, I wanted to make sure, you know, there's whiskey in it, so that was my main ingredient. And uh, <laughs> came up with a few batches, and I picked the one that I liked, and bam, now we got it out. It's, uh, you know, so it hasn't even been a year yet, so it's been like, you know, the first kind of, the fun part of, you know, getting it out there, promoting it, and it's actually, you can get it at um, any Pepper Palace nationwide. There's about 35 stores. It's a pepper. It's a hot sauce store, so okay. it sells in there. But we got to do a taste test now. What's that? I said we got to do a taste test now. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did one a long time ago with, with Jr. There. We we did one with Jr.'s barbecue sauce a long time ago, trying it with everything that you should try with and everything you shouldn't, and it still held up. So we'll do the same with your hot sauce. Yeah, we got to see. Um, uh, is there anything that you tried with it that you're like, well, donuts? All right. <laughs> actually no like everything i uh, i put it in my bloody mary's that's actually really good <laughs> uh speaking uh, of drinks yeah. uh speaking well, of drinks a few things i wouldn't mind putting it on but I'll, i won't well i won't talk about that right now <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking uh, of drinks could you pour like straight into a flask without any spillage or do you have to use one of those tiny little funnel things i don't use a funnel no i got good aim <laughs> I do not. <laughs> so I'm 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 uh, I'm in awe of you. <laughs> <laughs> and you go and you sell the sauce at shows and when you do appearances and stuff, right? Like so if fans ever if there is ever a point yeah. where they're gonna Every see time you. I always bring a suitcase full of sauce and uh, so then I'm I actually um gonna be doing a lot of more like festivals. Mm-hmm. So my goal is actually to Pack up my airstream, take that on the road, and go to festivals and maybe hit a few indie shows here and there. So go on a little, go on a little ODB hot sauce tour. Nice. That's my plan. So now I just gotta freaking do it. <laughs> yeah, these promoters got to figure out some sort of a big barbecue or grilling uh, session out there. I, I, I mean, it's indie promoters. If any of you indie promoters out there want to jump on board. The ODB train. <laughs> and, uh, I think that would be cool. Like, I would love to, you know, a month or even two months of just going, you know. I love carnivals or any anything festival. You know, go up there, set up shop, and then go to a indie show and set up my Airstream in the um, parking lot and have a little meet and greet, a little grill out before the show. A barbecue and wrestling seems like a total no-brainer to me. I'm like that oh, yeah. should be huge. Yeah, it's still nachos and hot dogs. It's like no, 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 no. No, you need one of those oil drums that's cut in half with like an entire pig roasting inside of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I can park free at any Walmart, so it works out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't gotta, they don't gotta pay me for a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so I think indie promoters are gonna, you know, if I was an indie promoter, I would, I would cook my ass. So, well, that's that's exciting. So, on on top of the wrestling, on top of the sauce, is there any other side projects that you're working on, or is there anything down the pipeline that you got going on that uh, either you want to talk about or plug on here? Well, well, also, uh, I've been bartending for a long time, and 
you know, eventually, once my wrestling, you know, starts slowing down, I do want to own a bar. ODB is one dirty bar. <laughs> but that, that's not for a while, though, but that's one of my goals. And then uh, it's kind of doing my airstream thing right now, you know. Just kind of working on, you know, I've had a, had a few meetings in New York about stuff. And, uh, so, you know, you never know what can happen, you know, some... Someone wants to, you know, take ODB somewhere, you know, hook it up with ODB, or... So I'm just working on side projects, you know, I don't want to jinx anything, but... Sure. I had a lot of meetings with some stuff, so... It's, it's kind of exciting not to know your future, you know? I don't really get scared about it, I'm just kind of, like, doing the ride right now, and... You know, I think everything happens for a reason, and... So, yeah, I think I'm on the, on the right road, we'll see where it, uh see where the next turn will be <laughs> it comes across much better when you say it than when i do on a first date yeah. i don't know what my future is yeah <laughs> yeah who knows what it's gonna be it's good not knowing yeah odb you have a nice confidence when you say it but it's like i have no fucking idea i don't know what i'm doing and i don't know where i'm going i don't know can we go dutch on this please uh i'm a single chick you know, I've never been. Well, I've never been really married. ODB's been married, but Jesse has never been proposed to. Or seems like I can't keep a guy more than two months. But uh, I'm sure you've been proposed to many a time. It's whether or not never. that's really. Well, yeah, never been proposed to. Well, well these guys are intimidated. I was gonna say, I you know, uh, I will, I will, uh, uh, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, what? I I know we've not met. But I know we've chatted here today. <laughs> Will you marry me? Uh, you know what? I don't believe you. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! 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 Well, Steve is I in panic. I have it all planned out. I have it all planned out. Now I want someone to propose to me. All right. So they better, you know. <laughs> so you, I'm yeah. Getting picked out already. That I'm more girly girl than people will know. Yeah. There's, and so am I. There's there's high standards, Scott, that you've got to meet. So. Yeah. Well, I'm more girly girl than the most people know as well. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, well, I hope it, I hope it works out uh, better for you on the, on the, on the dating scene there. And um, I, I know what you're going through. I'm going through the exact same thing myself. <laughs> it's actually not too bad. It's not, you know, being single is nice. You don't have to worry about making that damn phone call that everyone has to make after their wrestling show or. Before you go out with the boys, you know, you got to check in at home. It's like, screw that. If I'm dating someone, I will call you. I will be respectful. But you don't have to be texting me all goddamn night. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully it's the check-in of, you know, after the show that you want to talk to that person. Like, hey, I'm going to go out and have oh, some fun yeah. now, but I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, that, that text yeah. back should be, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. the... Are you a pet person? Do you do you prefer a guy with a pet, or do you prefer, uh, you know, no dogs, no cats, just the just the guy? Wait, what was that again? That is dogs oh. and cats and men. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you are you a are you a pet person? Do you prefer guys I have, with? I have two pugs. Nice. Billy and Lenny, they're right here with me actually right now, running around. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like cats. Okay. Cats are disgusting. <laughs> Take note, fellas. Yeah, Keep those cats like away. They shit in your house. <laughs> it, yeah, I think it's gross. 
Yeah. Well, I uh, like I said, I hope it goes well. I'm very excited. Uh, your hot sauce is available now. You can get it online, uh, odbbam.com. Yeah, there you go. My um, website is getting a little um, remodeling right now, so it should be. I believe it's up right now, but it's just getting remodeled, so it should be up and ready to go in a couple weeks. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna start blogging more and start interacting with the fans a lot more. And I got a YouTube channel. It's Jesse Creesa ODB. So go check that out and see my lovely journey in life here. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the ODB Bam and Instagram. And uh, yeah, just uh, you. Uh, I know how to make a lovely drink. I'm the bartender to ask, but no foo-foo drinks. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for all of your time here today. I hope everybody goes out and gets that sauce and checks out YouTube and follows and does all that great stuff. And you're welcome back on the show anytime. And uh, awesome. maybe come in here for, if you're other in Southern California, come in here for a taste test. And we'll... Uh, Definitely here and there in California, so definitely the next trip I will hook you boys up and see if you can uh, hang with me at the bars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I love to drink. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a heads up so you can start training for it. <laughs> Thank next, you. That marriage proposal might get really real with that uh, with a few cocktails in me. Oh, oh great. <laughs> Make sure we're not in Vegas. We don't and get married. <laughs> <laughs> All right. ODB, thanks so much for your time. All right. See you, boys. <laughs> oh, she didn't believe me. You know what, Scott? Uh, it's a good thing you're an actor because it's time to get that Academy Award and play it for real. I think you're going to have to go and marry her. I was playing it for real. She didn't believe me. She, I know she doesn't listen to the show, but I know you listeners have heard the show, and you think uh, you're aware of my smittenness with ODB. Predilection. Yes. She doesn't believe me. Go hit the Twitter at the ODB Bam and let her know that hopefully, A, you liked her on the show and like to hear her back, but let her know. Was Scott serious about his proposal? Is she missing out on a great guy? I think so. Uh, how nervous were so. you before this interview? Were you really nervous, a little bit nervous, or like excited to finally get to pop a question? Uh, well, it wasn't it wasn't pre planned, Steve. No, I guess now I lived I, in the moment. You were totally in the moment. I guess it's saying you need an Academy Award is ridiculous because that means there was a script. There was no script to follow, Scott. You were living on on the on the on the edge of that lightning razor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They I, use lightning to make the blades sharper. I was mildly nervous for this interview. I've been more nervous in other interviews, but I, I know that she's the type of person that can just talk off the cuff really well and that it would be very conversational. Hence, it's one of my favorite interviews that we've done so far. If she's in studio, it'd probably be one of my favorite interviews or like the favorite interview. But having, like talking with you, talking with her, that was a lot of fun. My favorite part was when you took out your grandmother's engagement that had been passed down your family for so many years and had come over from the old world and you took it out when you did propose and then when she joked about it and didn't believe you you quietly put it away and put it in your pocket wow i can't believe you found that part funny <laughs> i found it fucking devastating well speaking of wrestling <laughs> uh it's time for jerk tweets 
Follow us on Twitter. Send us your hashtag jerk tweets. It could be anything. It could be about uh, my failed marriage proposal with ODB. It could be about this show. Oh, get about... over it. Oh, We've right. got a wrestling show, Scott. I hope Ugh. a cockroach steals your wife. Oh, please. She would fight. <laughs> My wife for me. <laughs> uh, Disturbed zero n three says, "What is your most prized wrestling related possession?" And we have a picture of his here uh, that he sent. It's one of those uh, WWE plaques that they send or that they make, and it's of CM Punk. Uh, you know, those 434 days of wrestling. So it's like a cool pictures in there and in a nice frame with Punk holding the title. That looks signed. Uh, yeah, it does appear to be signed. Yeah, it's him and Heyman that signed it. Uh, and there's probably, what is there? I can, I'm trying to read it. Oh, that's cool. The, so they only make, they make a limited run of him. It looks like he has 232 of 434. Nice. So One for a, each day. That's a pretty cool plaque right there. Uh, well, obviously he wanted to send in this picture of this awesome fucking <laughs> possession he had. Sure. Well, uh, that's good that he does it beforehand because it's like, oh, what, well, what was yours? Oh, <laughs> uh, my WWE shop bag that I got from WrestleMania Access. Well, I meant his in this instance. Oh. It's like, well, him sending his, and it's like, oh, well, well, I don't know what his was in return. Do you have one, Steve? Wrestling possession? Yeah. Um, the memories. Ugh. I know. <laughs> Something tangible, bro. Uh, got the weight that I brought with me after all the nachos from live events. No, I think, honestly, it's hard to say. Like, I just don't have a lot of possessions. I got two shirts that don't fit that I haven't returned yet. Um, <laughs> Was there nothing in your childhood? No uh, wrestling action oh, figure? No. Yeah, I didn't have any wrestling stuff as a kid. Really? Yeah. I was like... And I actually thought a lot of wrestling stuff was really dumb as a kid because I remember oh, man. they had those plastic action figures that were just plastic action statues. Yeah. Uh, the LJN ones. Uh, the two things that I wanted more than anything, I was in high school, so I was too self-conscious to get it, but was when they first started doing the super poseable action figures and I wanted Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho really bad. Ooh, and Chris Nowinski? No, Chris Finish Nowinski. up the Chris collection? No, no. That was that was the end of the Chris collection right mm. there. But that was right when um, King of the Ring and Stone Cold and Benoit and Jericho, I feel like that was when it was all culminating as like, oh, Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. Like, those are the two guys you got? Okay. Mm -hmm. That was the night of, you know... 20 German suplexes on Stone Cold from Benoit and like that area that time I was like Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho were the best and then they came out with these two amazing action figures which is where they could like they could actually do their moves and they had ball joints at the hip and the shoulders and they yeah. had the, the rotating wrists and um, at the bicep also yeah and I was just like those if if I was a kid those would have been my prized possessions like those would those were the prototype for the best kind of action figure they were like G.I. Joe's but bigger, you know, like yeah. G.I. Joe's were the most posable, but these are like the actual tall guys. Would you have kept them in the box or would no, you have busted those out? I would have busted those out. Would you have even bought a ring to play with them in or were they going to just be fighting all over the city? They were going to be fighting all over the world and the galaxy. <laughs> okay. Scott, those guys would be fighting in the jungle. <laughs> I would like, I would probably very likely tape toothpicks or rubber band toothpicks to their arms so they had swords or wolverine claws. Right. Like if they if they could hold stuff, I think they did because they could have hold chairs and stuff. Sure. They had the little claw hands that you could wedge something yeah. in there. Swords and guns galore. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, for me, I have a lot of junk. I have a lot of junk. Like mm. I have, you know, pay-per-view chairs that I don't sit on. I have shirts. Uh, I have magazines. Like I have a, a bunch of just wrestling junk I've accumulated over time. Which I think is interesting because then whatever possession it is that shines above that is very interesting because you have an ocean of merchandise also. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of things that stand out in my head. I don't know if I have one like it's this is the thing. It's kind of like really great movies that most of the time it rotates in my mind. So one of the things that I have, and it's in storage, um, and I've always been meaning to get it framed and hang it up, is I used to take photos at wrestling events. I used to go and and, and take them because I felt like the WWE wasn't making photos to sell of action that I wanted because I wanted everything at the time. So it would be in the magazine, but it would be really small, and I wasn't going to cut them all out and do all that. So uh, Vengeance 2000, I think is what it was. It's the one with the Undisputed Championship. I was there. I was front row. Um, and this is a time of when you had to bring a camera. Mm-hmm. You know, cameras weren't in your phone. And uh, I took photos, and one of the photos I took was a tag match. I can't remember. I think it was the Dudleys versus the Dudleys with Stacy Keebler versus um, Big Show and Kane. And I have a photo of Big Show bending Stacy Keebler over his knee, pulled her pants down and was spanking her. And Charles Robinson's in the shot going like, what are you doing? Stop it. So I met Big Show at WrestleMania 19 and any autographs that I did, because I wasn't a real big autograph guy. It's like, yeah, you wrote your name down. I don't care. Or it's on a when you go to those live meetings or live autograph sessions, they give you just like a WWE blank sheet of paper mm-hmm. and they just sign your name on it. And it's like, this really means nothing to me. So I would blow up my photos to like eight by 10 size. And most of the time I got these different unique reactions from guys because they saw it wasn't some photo that people were just buying and then making it to sell off. It was, I took, the it was photo. something unique yeah, and unique to them. So on a couple occasions, some guys asked me for copies of my photos, which was really bizarre. So I started printing up doubles when I would go meet a guy in case they wanted a copy. I didn't really ever understand why, but I would just do it. Um, and uh, so I made an extra copy of this photo of Big Show spanking Stacy Keebler. And so I go up in line to meet Big Show, and um, he goes, oh my God, looking at the photo. <laughs> and then he just, he like, completely hunches over it like a giant like tinkering away like trying to fix a watch um and uh the the pr wrangler is going like okay hurry up and i go i haven't even done it he's just signing the photo like i didn't get a photo taken yet i'm like he's taking the time it's not me asking so how big are your feet how big are your hands do you wear mittens you know i'm Mm -hmm. not doing that um and he's writing and writing and writing and then um, I eventually get a photo with him, and he makes his face, and I make a weird face. I take terrible photos with wrestlers, and I and I walk away. And I, oh, I before I left, I go, I have a copy of one too. If you want to go, like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> and so he took a copy of it, and I walk away, and I read it, and it says, "To Scott, your number one fucking fan, The Big Show." Nice. So he wrote, <laughs> Big Show wrote fucking on it. I'm like, this is amazing. So yeah, that. That pops in my head as like a, a favorite wrestling possession of mine. 
because it's now super weird that would never be allowed. But you know? I mean, no need to uh, totally guffaw at that. But I think a big part of that piece is the memory that goes with it, like what it represents. Yeah. So for me, I love going to live shows with you or with Mark or with Phil. And like that's a that means a lot to me. If I go to a wrestling show with somebody, right? Like especially the first couple of times, I was really nervous going to wrestling shows because I was like, I really like it here. Oh man, I, what if a bad guy tries to slap me? Yeah, like who's are they gonna kick me out? Like am I not supposed to be here? And then like now I feel totally comfortable. But the first couple of times I went, I went with you seasoned vets, and you were like some of the first guys I went to pay per views with. So uh-huh. those were special occurrences. You have this amazing story that has this amazing item that goes with it. So it's incredibly prized yeah I, I guess i need to haul that out and uh, hang it up because they have a few photos like that that are just it's weird or they it's, they yeah they sign my photos and such so i'd say uh listeners tweet yours out you know tweet out your prize wrestling possession and show us uh, on twitter and then uh, i'll check this out we'll post them up maybe i'll make a gallery of it on facebook if, if that's something you guys are interested in phenom classic says was earl hebner okay with multiple guys going inside his chicken coop during king of the mountain yeah uh, this so this was that slammiversary yeah this is the penalty box that was in the king of the mountain match at slammiversary yeah so slammiversary happened this past sunday tna's uh pay-per-view um and part of the king of the mountain match uh is there there's a ladder you got to go up and you got to hang a title on there but you have to also there's a penalty box and so there's this big cage and as we've talked about on the show when we talked to earl hebner a uh, famous referee he lives inside of a chicken coop, and um, turns out that I think that was his chicken coop. We've seen photos of it. We've seen Earl coming out of said chicken coop, but I well, don't... let me tell you something, Scott. No, Whoa, Steve, see you. Earl Hebner just snuck up on us. You'd be a one hundred percent absolutely correct. Correct on that you snuck up on us. I know you see you scared me. Well, better make it a twofer because you're double correct on that. And about the chicken coop. That was your chicken coop being used in the King of the Mountain match? They painted it metal color, so everybody think it was metal. But those were dowel rods and pieces of wood. And everybody thinks it's so fun. You take away uh, Hapner's chicken coop and use it in a big old pay-per-view match. God, you're really sad. Can you, I mean, is there anything that I can do to, to cheer you up? How can anyone fill up an ocean of tears or black oil when all I have inside of me is sadness? Well, were you, were you, okay, were you more upset about the fact that you didn't referee that match or were you more upset that guys were going in and out of your house? I was doubly upset that I wasn't in charge of the match as the referee and I was doubly, triply upset when people were hanging out in my house. Especially that Jeff Jett, who never accepted my invitations to come over while he was touring with us. So you're upset at Jeff Jarrett because he never came over to your house? Yeah, and now, in the middle of a match, he's going to use it as a penalty box. What? As a penalty box. A pen... A pen... You know what I'm saying. It's a penalty box. You just... When you get sad, you... you... It's a penalty box. Um, I think you're saying penalty box. I am. Well, okay. Look, Earl, um, you're you're upset about that. Why didn't you ref the King of the Mountain match? Oh, my ankles are really soft. Got you're, soft ankles. You have soft ankles. Got real soft ankles. That's, you you were refereeing other matches though. Yeah, my ankles went out because I got soft ankles. What happened? What what? First of all, I tape them up 
and then I freeze the duct tape so my ankle's set for the day, and then I could do a couple matches, but by the end of a pay-per-view, they're just like spaghetti and shoes. <laughs> you freeze your ankles that are covered in tape. Hey, look, if you gotta say it makes sense to you, then go and say it as many times as you need. But I put spaghetti in my shoes to make sure my feet work. Wait, now you also add spaghetti? My feet are the spaghetti good. I don't understand. It's it's uh is this a Hebner uh sort of family Old problem? Family remedy. Is it okay, so D- Dave has suffered from this and is Brian gonna Everybody's suffer from this? He's got soft ankles. You just don't know it. Look, if you're a referee, you gotta be running around, you gotta be down on your knees, up on the top rope, jumping around, making sure nobody's pulling each other's hair, eye gouging, back raking, too many suplexes, you know, you gotta make sure people are safe. Okay, so, um... And if you're doing that, jumping around, guess where all that tension's gonna build up? In the ankles. Ditto. Um... Have you thought about retirement then, Earl? Has, is it time to finally hang up the spaghetti shoes? Please. Earl Hepner screwing Earl Hepner? That's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, what's that screwing yourself? It's maybe you get time retirement to just relax. Retirement is screwing yourself. Retirement screwing yourself? Retirement screwing yourself. I got a sweet gig at TNA. Destination America's furnishing me with a second story to my chicken coop. What? You're getting a two-story mm, chicken coop? Yeah, that's a ramp upstairs. Is it like bunk beds? No, it's just several panels. You gotta climb around in there like a cat. Uh, is there a Mrs. Earl Hebner? I don't kiss and tell, but if I do, I'd get my eyes pecked out. <laughs> Are you seeing someone currently? I don't kiss and tell, but if I did, I'd get my eyes pecked out and get little pieces of corn in my pockets. I mean, I don't see why have a second story to the chicken coop if you're not increasing the chicken coop bachelor pad at this point you know yeah well that's how i will i like to stretch out my ankles well what are you, have you thought about putting a game room in there or something like that i've or? already got a game room in my chicken you coop. have a game room in there yeah what do you have in there i've got the destination america new prototype tna gang Re- well wait a second hold on there's a destination america impact wrestling tna prototype video game for the ps vita that's like a big screen in my house. Really? I thought they weren't going to make PS Vita uh, games anymore. That's why it's a prototype. Oh. Shh. Who's on the roster? So you know all the big guys. Such as? Magnus. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Magnus. Got Magnus. <laughs> yeah, Magnus is covered. Got, what's his name? Bron. Bron? Bran. Bram? Bron. B-R-A-M. Bram. Got it. Got him on there. Magnus and Bram. Yeah, you know the big fan favorites. <laughs> well, that's debatable. Got Clark Gregg, the actor from State and Maine. Clark Gregg, the actor from State and Maine? Yeah, he's playing. Oh, that might be me, but they did a weird face mapping thing of me, so it looks like Clark Gregg is one of the referees. Is that the guy from S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is that Coulson? I think it's Coulson. Coulson's dead. Is he? Yes. Is he? Have yes. you been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No. Neither do I. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, it's boring. Who wants to watch the superhero cops? They don't even deal with superheroes. Maybe Kyle McLaughlin, but come on, where they shoot in Canada? Wait, say that actor's name again? Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin? Kyle Michael Glockagoli. <laughs> One more time? Kyle Michael Okay. You know they're making a new Twin Peaks? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're going to make a new Twin Peaks. Are you... It's You know, Earl Hebner, you seem like a prime candidate to be in the show Twin Peaks. Thank you. I appreciate it, but I'm too busy. 
You too busy? Uh, oh, uh, with your bachelor pad? Weffling. Weffling, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Earl, I'm really sad that Jeff Jarrett burned you like this. Hey, they burned everybody. That's why there's only so many guys on the Destination America prototype PS Vita TNA game. Are you the referee in that game? Uh, yeah, but I look like Clark Gregg. Oh, okay, I see now. Look, Earl, I I'm really sorry that everybody went in and out of your chicken coop and... Um, you hey, know. you know, sometimes you gotta sacrifice stuff for the main event, and I've just been doing it my entire life. That's a that's a really good attitude. So I guess before I even retire, Earl did screw Earl. Oh, but look, that's what dedication is. Look, to make it up to you, we got you this egg carton. <gasps> oh, oh, it's an egg carton. An egg carton. Yeah. Oh, it's an egg carton. Well, some people use it. You know, it's that sort of style that it can line a bed with it. Oh. Oh, it's it's a foam egg cotton. It's not an actual egg cotton. Yeah, it's the it's the foam egg oh. cotton. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're rolling your eyes. What? You're rolling your eyes. Like, well, it's just when you say egg cotton, I immediately assume a cotton that at one time contained eggs. Well, we have that too. If you want, oh, hold on. I got two more eggs in here. Uh, what do I do with these eggs? Scott, boil them. Uh, I already boil did. them, and then they keep they stay longer. I did boil them already. Then put them on a plate and put them back in the fridge. All right. So, uh, what are you going to... No, they're just rolling around in the fridge right now. But, but no, but if you put them on the plate, they should be safe because there's the lip of the plate. Unless you got some sort of crazy, stupid plate with no lip on it. Yeah, I got a crazy, stupid plate with no lip on it. Ugh, you postmodern bastard. Well, but, but what about that egg carton? Well, sure, you can have the egg carton along with the egg carton foam. Well, I, I'll just take... Thank you so much for both of them, Scott. You're really upset about the egg carton foam. What do you sleep on? Oh, I, a mattress like anybody. Why would you, First of all, why wouldn't you just say egg carton foam? You just said egg carton, and everybody knows I'm crazy for egg cartons. Okay, well, you have the egg carton and the egg carton foam to oh do boy. with what you like. Oh maybe you man. want to record your own podcast. Oh, yeah, maybe I want to wool up the egg carton foam and put it in the back of my car because I've got plenty of room. You drive a car? Drive a car. Everybody drives a car. It's yeah. a rental car. It's a rental car. Okay. Well, look, I just wanted to get well, you No, I got to get like a Chevy Aspect or something so there's enough room for all this egg cotton. Well, what is this even for? California King? Look at this. It's like a carpet of egg cotton foam. God. I, I got to like, I got to fool this in four pieces to get this on a bed. And that's a big bed. You're so bitter about a gift that was given to you. And you're no, so bitter I'm about sorry. Jeff Jarrett using your, your place as a home. I don't know what pleases you, Earl. The egg cotton. You got me a great good gift. Health. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, it's an egg cotton. <laughs> well, Earl's, uh, Earl's really happy, I guess. Why would you get him egg carton foam for his mattress? I mean, like, it's really convenient, and I think it's really caring of you to do that, but don't you think it's just really forward? People it's like, like me buying you sheets and you never saying that you needed new sheets or oh, something. sweet. What are on the sheets? Is it I like didn't Star get Wars? you sheets. I didn't get you sheets. Oh, <laughs> man. Did you give me egg carton foam? No. God damn. God. But that it's like, I got you a gun rack. I don't even own a gun. Ah, uh, yes. From the film Gandhi. That's right. Mm -hmm. Ben Kingsley. Yes. Uh, real quick. I was joking about this in the car. That you movie, were what in the car? Joking about it. Okay. That movie, uh, what is it? It's not selfless. What is it? It's a... Uh, oh, the new Ryan Reynolds, Ben Kingsley movie? Yeah, what's it called? I think it's... Is it selfless? I think it's selfless. Yeah. It's uh, uh, it's about Ryan Reynolds having uh, no he has all of his senses amplified except he loses one of them and it's going to be a real hit in the urban movie theater. It looks weird. It looks like it's he's just upgrading into a younger dick. 
Yeah, you said swapping dicks like three or four times during the like in the car, and I like I wasn't sure if you wanted me to comment on that or not. It's all I'm thinking about when it's that movie that there's no there's it's, he's not being neurotic about it at You're all. You're a reverse misogynist. You're sexist towards men. Okay. You think men are nothing but penises. No, I think it's weird. I if I if we had vice versa, you know, like any movie with the oh, me Doug and you? Reinhold when doing all that. There's never talking about like, oh, this is weird. This is someone else's wiener. Well, please. That's why they haven't made a good vice versa movie. If we were to switch, <laughs> I think immediately it would be like, so this is the wiener situation, huh? Well, I hope you don't mind cockroaches up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you don't mind dry dick. Uh, what is dry dick? It means there ain't nothing going on, buddy. Oh, got it. I thought it was like some sort of psoriasis condition, like grayscale in Game of Thrones. I don't watch that show. Oh, well, it's... Scott, grayscale is the condition that happens to any of the... Oh, Scott fell asleep while I was talking about Game of Thrones. I guess I'll have to wake him out. Wake him out? Shit. This is what happens. And now I'm going to have to do the, outro, uh, the outro by myself. Scott's asleep, and I'm going to fucking derail. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Curtain Drinks. I'm Scott Nair. I'm Steve Sears. Now, we have ODB on the show today. And, uh, uh, Scott, we're at the end. What? We're at the end. Oh, did ODB say yes? ODB? <laughs> I thought you were singing a song. <laughs> I'm sorry. It sounded like you were starting a song. Uh, I wasn't, but if she wants me to, I will. I'll sing for a lady. Oh, you, wait, you already heard the interview. Yeah, I know. I might edit this. This is getting really muddled. <laughs> Thanks to ODB for being on the show. Twitter at the ODB Bam on Twitter. Let her know how much you enjoyed her as a guest on the show. Let her know I was serious about my proposal. I'll get married. Let's do this. It's not going to get any better. I'm at my peak. Yeah, that's true. Scott is at his physical peak. His penis is extremely dry. I think it's an incredible well talent. That's how you make sure that it he, he can divine water with it. Oh, man. I lost her now. Oh, sorry. Um... Yeah, that was a lot of fun talking with her, and uh, we hope to get more guests on the show soon, too. I know Tom Ancy from Wrestling Memes has more interviews coming up for us, so we'll be uh, letting you know about that on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, PWP Radio Nation Network. I was a guest on the Arie and Watson show. You can hear that on iTunes. Uh, talk all about Dave Made a Maze. Oh, wow. On there. So uh, if you want some insight as to how uh, what went on and... Um, you know, just the process and everything. And uh, I talk very highly of Steve in that interview. Oh, boy. And uh, Mr. Bill Watterson. So go uh, listen to that and give those guys a shout out. After Buzz TV Smackdown. I am a regular part of that crew. So each and every Smackdown, you, we can hear us recap the show uh, and general silliness happens. Uh, last week, we had um, a female whose name eludes me at the moment. Um, uh, and uh, she talked about how many men she was interested in uh sexually on the show and we just kept asking uh would you, oh, how about this guy how about this guy she has some very unique answers and she, uh, about why one wrestler is more attractive than another oh boy that sounds like the sort of thing i'd really be into i don't know if i'm sarcastic or not you are being sarcastic no you, i'm not sure it actually sounds very it. intriguing it i'm not being judgmental funny. it sounds very intriguing she's, a, she's look a my straightforward honest voice sounds really sarcastic she's a very funny comedian and it was uh it was a lot of fun hearing like which which wrestlers were attractive and which weren't uh dink had a shot there for a little bit everybody and then no dice um, Who? Dink? The tiny uh, yeah. clown guy? Yeah. Dink was he on SmackDown? No, no, no. But it, we just kept coming up with more and more people where it's like, this guy? Like, oh, no, not that guy. 
Uh, Rachel Evans. Rachel Sam Evans on Twitter. She's very funny. Um, and then Wrestling Compadre Slamcast. I'm a regular on there as well. You can hear this week talking with Ethan Carter III even more. Um, and he's our new TNA World Heavyweight Champion, everybody. You and you and mine? Yeah. All of ours. We got Seth Rollins on WWE. We got Ethan Carter the third over on TNA. These are good times we're living in. Steve doesn't think so. Wait, when did Seth uh what Seth Rollins or Dean Ambrose? Seth Rollins. Good, that's what I thought you said. No, I thought you said Dean Ambrose. Sorry. Jesus, buddy. What? I look. I would just really like to see Dean Ambrose as champion, but I understand I'll take Seth Rollins for what I got. These are good times. I see cockroaches so, behind your eyes controlling you. Yeah, they're in charge. <laughs> um, so, Steve, any any plugs? Anything to put out there? Nope. Dave Made Maze is chugging along in post-production. Um, yeah, just furthering my career as best I can. Yeah, check out Dave Made Maze. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all there. Just search Dave Made Maze and you'll see some cool stuff. They released a screen cap of Frank Coyote and myself. This is really, true. Really cool shot. So they're always putting out new content all the time, little, little teasers and... Ask us pointed questions about the budget and post-production process. Do it! <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, so for Curtain Jerks, I'm Scott Narber. I'm Steve Sears. Enjoy your wrestling, kids! You've just listened to another episode of Curtain Jerks. Oh, this is the time where you get all ten of your fingers. They've been... Uh, itching and ready to go this whole time. You're like, I I'm going to wait to do this at the end of the I'm podcast. I'm going to wait till the episode's done, and then I'm going to use these things, these things I call hands. Yeah, these things I call hands, uh, not these biceps and glutes that uh, God has given me. But, but activate them, too, so you can have a full use of your hands. Yeah, uh, clench up them butt cheeks when you go to SoundCloud.com slash Curtain Jerks. Follow us, uh, like the episode. Comment. Uh, Comment during. It. You could, you should have been commenting during this episode. You can go and comment during other episodes because I'm sure you have all the time code marked in your head. Don't you hear the sounds that our voices make? You can comment on the weird noises we make. You can make weird noises of your own. You can write it down and make other people make weird noises by reading it. Yeah, it's, it's very interactive. You go on there. You can comment during your favorite parts of the show. You can comment during the parts of your show that you're like, oh, that was uh, quotable. And then you put it in quotes and you stick it up there. And if you're an aesthetics person, orange accents. Right? Orange is the new black, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be dated. <laughs> no way. No Jason way. Biggs. Jason Biggs. WCW champion if there is still around. Yeah, that's how it works. So there's the orange is the new black WCW crossover. Jason Biggs is the new championship. That belt's almost as big as his head. It is, and even bigger than that is YouTube. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's pretty big. It's a big deal. It's videos online. You can watch pictures of cats moving. Mm-hmm. And you can watch Steve act like a cat on YouTube.com slash Curtain Jerks Podcast. You can see our predictions videos on there. You can see uh, our wrestler pronunciation manuals on there, our prediction videos. Uh, did I say that twice? <laughs> Meow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, so it's all there, available for you. We've uh, got some new videos ideas. Videos ideas. Oh, this one's being thrown away. <laughs> oh, it'll get chopped up. Or it'll stay exactly the same. It'll be at the end of every episode until the end of time. Oh, please <laughs> throw that meteor down quick. <laughs> You have 
have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com. Curtain Tricks, the comedy wrestling podcast on the Comedy Podcast Network. Could you stop that, please? Stop it. Phil Ranta, executive producer, Steve Sears, technical producer, 